Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special Tuesday evening. We are here with a new individual on this site, but a good friend of ours, the man, not a myth, but a legend, the one and only Uncle Tom Talks, Derek Wilburn. Whoa! That was creepy, Derek. It's what I do. You are here for the initial, the inaugural, the very first, the launch, show number one of Uncle Tom Talks. I am your host, Derek Wilburn, father, husband, conservative American, believer in the principles that made this nation great from day number one. We are being produced back in the studio by the Sultan of Sting, the the Count of Monte Fisto, Apollo Creed, has got my six, and we're going to run through the very first Uncle Tom Talks right here, right now, live. Yes, we were supposed to go live on the air at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. When you're doing a new thing, sometimes there's some complications that happens, but set your calendars, put it in your phone. We are live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. That is five o'clock west coast time for all you stoners in san jose and santa cruz and we're going to be talking about issues of the day political social commentary uh, we're going to look at this that and the other but the first thing i'm going to do on this show number one is break down my own thing so a lot of you who are watching this show right now you may be watching because you've been following me for years you've seen and heard me speak you've been reading my columns uh whatever some of you have found me here in the last six weeks because of a school board speech that I gave here in Colorado Springs in late August, uh, August uh, I think it was August 12th, if I remember right. So it's been a couple of months. Um, we had a school board here in town. I've been getting very active in our local school board community. I'm gonna talk a lot more about that in the coming days, weeks, and months. But um, I've been going to school board meetings and plugging in and finding out, and I'll tell you why. Because none of us, at least none of us on the conservative side of the aisle, are pleased with what we see happening in our schools it is it is it's beyond disgusting we've gone from reading writing and arithmetic to social justice gender neutrality and 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 inclusion and all this other stuff and it's making us sick but here's the truth the fact of the matter is that in the 1960s and 1970s the furthest left of the left took control of our education system and now 50 years later, we're living with the consequences of that reality. But if we, conservative Americans, rise and up, start taking control of our school, start wrestling control of our education system back, then in 10 to 50 years, a lot of these things that we bemoan today will begin to reverse themselves. So I've started getting involved at the school board level, and I was speaking, uh, that most school boards open with public comments. And you can sign up and you can take two or three minutes, whatever the timer is. This particular meeting was three minutes to address the board. District 49 here in my hometown of Colorado Springs was taking public comments on the board deciding whether to include or disinclude or ban the introduction of critical race theory into K-12 curriculum in District 49. So I got up and spoke and it just became, it became internet fire. Uh, I was literally the biggest thing on the internet for about a week. And that's not boasting. I can't boast. I didn't plan it. I didn't know that was going to happen. Just sometimes the man 
the moment and the message are in together at the same place at the same time, God breathes on it and away we go. I didn't plan on it, but for three or four days, my 16-year-old actually told me this. I didn't even know. For three or four days, if you went to Google, which, by the way, you shouldn't. You should go to DuckDuckGo. Google is a part of the evil empire, but that's another discussion. Amen. If you Googled CRT on uh, on Google, I was the first four hits, the first four things that came up for like three days. So this thing went viral fire. On my personal YouTube channel, uh, I'm, I'm somewhere around 900,000 views. The guy who originally posted it on TikTok, a patriotic friend of mine, a guy named Jim Cross, uh, Jim put it on his TikTok. Last he checked in with me, he was at about 1.5 or 1.6 million views, plus my million views, so we're at two and a half. And then it was picked up by Fox News, by UK Daily Mail, by Daily Caller, by Breitbart. I mean, you name it, everybody. If you just if you put in Derek Wilburn CRT, you won't believe how many pages you get. And it was all because of this three minutes. So everybody and their brother who has a podcast has broken down my speech, uh, uh, Brandon Tatum did a tremendous job of it. Everybody else has done it too. Everyone but me, because I didn't have a podcast, but now I do. So I'm going to break down for you my own speech and one of the follow-up speeches following my speech. And we're going to finish the show off talking about white privilege and systemic racism, and maybe even Black Lives Matter if we have time. If we don't, I'll pick it up on Thursday. So Apollo Creed, former champion of the world, please bring up Cut number one. Coming in hot. You see that. Thank you. Sir, please go ahead. Good evening, board. <laughs> I'd like to begin my comments tonight by reading a quote, which in essence is the genesis of all of this Black Lives Matter, social justice, CRT conversations we're having in our country today. Quote, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color, close quote. Colin Kaepernick, August 2016. Hold it right there, Mr. Producer. Okay, so I told you I'm going to break this down. You've already seen it, so there's no sense in me just letting it run. I want to stop right there for a minute. So I opened this up with this quote by Colin Kaepernick. Now, this quote by Colin Kaepernick, November of 2016, I think it was November, it might have been August, whatever 2016 this is how the whole thing started so a camera panning the sidelines of a san francisco 49ers game i think it was even a preseason game so it might have been august uh the camera just happened to notice everybody's standing hand over heart or standing or whatever for the national anthem except for kaepernick he's sitting on the bench chewing his fingernails or whatever he was doing so that's when somebody asked him yo man I'm, you know, everybody's standing but you why aren't you standing up and that's when he said what he just said. I'm not going to show pride for a country, the flag of a country that oppresses black people, which uh, is unbelievable. But Colin Kaepernick, this is not, this isn't Albert Einstein. If you've ever heard the man speak, um, I, I'm not impressed. But here's the thing about Kaepernick and millions of people like him, especially wealthy blacks. So Kaepernick, a couple of years after he had been out of work, so he became so toxic in the NFL that he was unemployable, not to mention he was a mediocre quarterback at best. But he Shots became fired. Toxic. Shots fired, himself, Derek. I, yeah, I'm not a – call it any time, Kaepernick. I'll have you on as a guest if you want to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ready for that noise. So he's unemployed. He's got millions of dollars in the back. So what does he decide to do? He decides he's going to go and visit his roots. So he finds uh, where his – 
people came from. Now, of course, Kaepernick was way raised upper middle class white family, but he traces down what is apparently family, uh, his family's ancestral roots in Ghana, Africa. And he goes there. He hops on a plane and goes and visits. While he's in Africa, I guess he spends a few days there. He finds these people, and there was pictures of this on, on the internet at the time. People are hold, little kids holding up signs, welcome Colin and all this stuff. This is a village in Central Africa with no running water. People are still living in huts. This is third world existence. And Colin Kaepernick sends a tweet while he's visiting his home village in Africa. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Apollo Creed, let, let's have image number, uh, Kaepernick number one. So this is what Kaepernick, no, 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 that's, that's not it. We did our, sh our, our show prep and I thought, I thought I had this down. Kaepernick one? It all up. Uh, well, whichever. Oh, the, you're talking the, about the, the tweet. Ghana, the, oh, I got you. I got that's you. That's what I said, the tweet. Pay attention. You said Kaepernick, not zero. Don't go by what I say, go by what I mean. Roger that. This is what Colin Kaepernick tweeted from, so there, there's his village in Africa. They're standing in front of a, what appears to be the structure of a hut. How can we truly celebrate independence? So this is honor about Independence Day in the United States. How can we truly celebrate independence on a day that intentionally robbed our ancestors of theirs? To find my independence, I went home. Okay, so that's Kaepernick's tweet. He ends it with, I went home. Now, define home. What does home mean to you? For most people, home is where I live, right? So Kaepernick calls himself being home. I went home. Yet he spent a handful of days, maybe a week, in that village in Ghana, Africa, where there is no running water, where there is no indoor plumbing, where there's no electricity, where there are no airports, where there are no highways, where there are no high rises, where there are no bridges, where there is no nothing. He calls himself home. But a couple of weeks later, where does he end up? Now, Mr. Producer, I think this is Kaepernick 1. He, puts his butt, he put his butt on an airplane and came right back to this palace that he, re that he sold shortly after this picture was taken for nearly $3 million. So he claims this village in Africa is home, yet there's a nice veranda, I see a swimming pool, I see a hot tub, I have no idea how many bedrooms and bathrooms this particular home has, but it's more than one person needs, I can guarantee you that. Yet he's home in Africa. Let's keep on going, uh, Mr. Creed. Let's go on. Let's, let's just run through these Kaepernicks. Give me the second Kaepernick. Okay, here's the same house. It's so there's an aerial shot of the of his house. Uh, so the picture we just saw, the ground level picture we just saw, was taken from the lower right corner. You know you have a nice piece of property when your swimming pool is about 800 feet from the house. Okay, this is this is the house he lived in. Let's go. To, let's go on to the next one. Mr. Kaepernick is a collector. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, he's a collector of what? Rocks, leaves. Caterpillars? No, no. Kaepernick, he has a different kind of a collection. Let's go to the next one. Uh-huh. That's not uh -huh. a rock. Uh-huh. 
How many people collect those? That's what's known as a Jaguar, little Johnny. Okay, that's not a Fiat. That's not a Yugo. That's not a Pinto. That is a Jaguar. So Colin Kaepernick, come back to me. People want to see me, not him. Come on, Creed. You feeling jumpy, Creed? You're out of my face, Creed. So I, will fight you I opened my computer. speech. I, dude, you know what? Don't sing it. Bring it. <laughs> so Kaepernick and cash and checks. The, there will the, be. the 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 genesis of my speech is Kaepernick's speech, complaining about this country that oppresses black people. He's personally very oppressed. He went home to Ghana, Africa, for a week, and then came right back to his mansion with his collection that includes jaguars. So these people are phony as three dollar bills. Let's bring that video back up. I am the direct descendant of the North American slave trade. Both my parents are black, all four of my grandparents are black, all eight of my great-great-grandparents, all 16 of my great-greats. On my mother's side, my ancestors were enslaved in Alabama. On my father's side, we were enslaved in Texas. I am not oppressed. I'm not oppressed and I'm not a victim. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours. And I check into hotels, and I fly commercially, and I walk into retail establishments, and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, dignity, and respect, literally from coast to coast. I have three children. They are not oppressed either. I'm legit. I'm legit. I don't. I. I both my parents, all four of my grands, all 16 of my greats, uh, all eight of my greats, all 16 of my great greats, which is as far back as I've ever traced it. I'm legit. And if anybody doesn't like that or wants to check it out for themselves, feel free. I really just don't care. But what I just said is absolutely true. I was at the gym today doing a little Python work, just like I'm at the gym most days. And that gym is filled with mostly white people because I live in a predominantly white community. I live in Colorado Springs, which is only about 6.5% African-American, which is about half the national average. So anywhere I go, I'm naturally one of the only black people there just by the numbers uh, in public. If it's a private function or something like that, that's different. But, you know, I talked to people in that gym. I talked to a guy, asked him if he'd spot me because I, I was pressing a little more than I was cussing. We talked a little bit about this. We talked a little bit about that. I bumped into a guy in the lock. Everywhere. I, I talked to people anywhere and everywhere. Where is all this racism? I don't see it. But here's the thing. I got up there and said, I'm not oppressed. And I got more angry, hateful emails and messages from liberals who hated me for saying that. If I would have gotten up and said, I'm oppressed. I can't get ahead. My children can't get ahead. This is a terrible racist nation. Nothing in this country is working for the black. I'd have been their hero. They would have loved me. But instead, I said, I'm not oppressed and they're angry. Can you imagine anybody being angry with a fellow American for saying this country is great? These people, the liberals who are pushing this narrative, they actually want to believe it. How do you explain that? They, they, they want to believe that America is a terrible, racist, backward country. They want to believe it. So much so that when a black American tells them, no, it's not, I'm all over the place. I don't experience any of that. They get angry with you. They get angry with me for saying I'm not oppressed. Hit it.
Although they are victims, I've taught my children they are victims of three things. Their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision-making. That is all. My children, we are not victims of America. We are not victims of some unseen 190-year-old force that kind of floats around in the ether. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And sadly, sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of Bingo, stop it. Hold it right there. To a society. Shut this clown down. So I said my children are victims of three things, their own laziness, their own ignorance, their own poor decision making. So in other words, my children are victims of the same thing everybody else is a victim of. Okay? This idea that you're just oppressed, because if your skin is dark, you're just oppressed. Ask people to give me some specific examples. Okay, what is this? Show it to me. Where is it manifest? They don't know. It's this mysterious 190 year old force that just kind of floats around oppressing people. We live in a nation where the majority of people who vote twice voted for a black man to be their president. And in that presidential administration, we had two consecutive black attorneys general. In the prior administration, we had two consecutive black secretaries of state. We have black senators. We have black house representatives. We have black mayors across the country, female black mayors. We have black millionaires. We now have black billionaires in this country. America is the only country on earth in which you find an Oprah Winfrey and Chanel, a Tiger Woods or a Le You don't find people like that in France yet. They still want to trot out this card that blacks are so oppressed, we cannot get ahead in this racist country. Give me an example. Can't do that. It's just the way that it is. Hit it. Then to tell a baby born today that she has grievances against another baby born today simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. There is simply no point in doing that to our children and putting critical race theory into our classrooms in part does that. In part does that to our children. Theory Stop. into our classrooms is not combating. That is what critical race theory does. Why, you know, who I really feel sorry for in all this is the white kids. Why would you want to tell this to white kids? So for those who may not know, at, at the brass tacks level, it, it's more complicated than this, but to boil it down to brass tacks, critical race theory makes the argument that race is not a biological function. It's not a biological construct. Race is not a set of biological features that subsets of human beings, of the human species, have in common, one of which being skin color. It says that's not what race is, but rather race is a social construct. It's a social construct put in place by the Caucasian majority for the express purpose of oppressing and exploiting the ethnic minority, those with darker skin. So that means you have to tell white children, fifth graders, 10th graders, whatever, 
that they are part of an oppressing class that simply by a function of who their parents are, the one thing over which nobody has control, you have no control whatsoever over who your parents are, the one thing over which you have no control, as a result of that thing, you are guilty. You are part of a class of people that is holding down and oppressing another class of people, and you don't even know it. Why on earth would you want to tell that to little white children, to any white children, regardless of age? Why would you do that to children? The, little, the white children are the ones who are the victims in this, if you look at it from that point of view. It's a horrible thing to tell people. And I belong, I'm a graduate of the University of San Francisco. And uh, I, I, I get the newsletter because they, they send around they send around alumni newsletter. And uh, of course, they're trolling for contributions. There'll be snowballs in Scottsdale in August before they get one from me. But um, an issue about a year or two ago, they were talking about this new freshman orientation class. And they're very proud of it. And there is a quote that the pictures of the different kids they've interviewed. And one of them was this really pretty white girl, blonde hair, freshman. So this is a 19, 18, 19 year old kid. And her quote basically said, I never realized that I was a racist or that I had racist tendencies until I got here to college and they told me so. What a horrible thing to do to a society. What a horrible thing to do to people. What a terrible thing to do to white children in this country or in any country. Creed, start that film. It's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. I encourage you to support this resolution let racism die the death it deserves, and let's keep living the life of the country that we are. Thank you. So that video, if you watch it beginning to end, just my portion of it, I think it was about two minutes and 53, 54 seconds, been shown, been dissected uh, 150,000 times. I'm not going to go any deeper into it because you've already seen it, you already heard it. But... On my YouTube channel, if you search my name, D-E-R-R-I-C-K, you see it right huh, right here. Hey, look at me go. This green screen is a trip. i got to get used to this. If you search my name, go to my YouTube channel and read the comments. The, 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 the number one comment theme to this thing the last five or six weeks, the number one theme has been good job. Uh, you, you're a great American, you speak for all Americans, you know, complimentary stuff like that. The number two comment, <laughs> the number two comment by far, it's not even close. Number two is what's with pink shirt guy? What's with the pink shirt guy? What, 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 who's pink shirt guy? So I, I assume if you're watching, you're, if, you're, if you're looking at the crowd in addition to just looking at me there in the middle, there's one guy sitting there in his pink shirt, and he clearly looks out of place because everybody else is happy. They're standing up. They're clapping. They're applauding. This one guy, pink shirt guy, had nothing to say until he had something to say. So pink shirt guy had an opportunity to speak. And when you listen to pink shirt guy's speech, you understand pretty quickly why he sat there looking like a sourpuss for my two minutes and 53 seconds. Apollo Creed has got Pink Shirt Guy queued up. Let's roll it. If you haven't seen Pink Shirt Guy, here you go. I'll take uh, Pink Shirt Guy first, because I saw his hand first, and then the person behind the white hat. 
second. So please come to the podium and, and speak, and I think that will show the balance that the board had been looking for. Jeff Dykeman, community member, ELAC. Equity Leadership Advisory Council. Hold it right there. I'm here in opposition to CRT resolution. So let me, let, let, me, let me clarify what the board chairman just said. So the room was full of people. I, I don't know how many people were there, but it was full. People have, a lot of people have said, you know, interesting, you're the only black guy in the room. Well, no, I wasn't the only black guy in the room. I was just the only black guy in that camera shot. It was a still camera that had been set up by a local news station on a tripod. And that's that's just the only thing you could see from that angle. So uh, there was probably 150, 60 people. I mean, there's a lot of people at this thing. And the board couldn't accept comments from everybody there or would have been there all night. Three minutes at a pop plus a 45 second transition from one person to another for everybody to speak that wanted to speak it would have been nuts so they just took 10 and what they decided to do was to take five pro five con so when he says that'll give us the balance we're looking for that's what he's talking about they're trying to get as many people in favor of the resolution as opposed to the resolution so i was the last one to speak i think i was the last one to speak in favor and then this guy jeff pink shirt guy is the first one to speak I was the first, excuse me, I was the last one to speak in opposition. He's the first one to speak in favor because the, the proposal that was on the before the board was to pass a resolution banning teaching CRT in the classrooms. So I actually was in favor of the resolution. He's opposed to the resolution. Uh, this guy, Jeff, did not go to drama or debates class. I'm, I'm warning you, I'm telling you right now, this, this isn't the best speaker you've ever heard in your life, but there's the context that he's speaking on. Hit it. Resolution is contradicting. In the beginning, the resolution, it states, shall not restrict academic freedoms, yet the board members are voting to be the first school district in the state of Colorado to ban CRT. Isn't that restricting? It goes to say, provide comprehensive education, neither sanitize its past nor divide, deny the possibility of moral progress, critical thinking, and instruction regarding the founding ideals of our nation. Our nation was developed and built on racism. We built, we are able to discuss without restrictions explaining where we were to be able to see where we're going to be. The most ignorant part of the board members who wrote this so, resolution. America was built on racism. Don't you hate it? You, you hear this all the time. And actually, I'm going to save the cut. He says something a little bit later that's better for the comment that I have in mind. But America was built on racism. America was built on people who had a desire to be free from the tyranny of an oppressing crown. There's a king who was putting his thumb on the colonists and they didn't like it. I'll come back to this. Let's roll. Is in the sixth, whereas it is consistent with the District 49's cultural compass to use culturally respective teaching approaches to give guidance on how to use cultural knowledge, prior experiences, frames of reference, and learning styles, ethically diverse students, to make learning encounters more relevant to effect and effective to them. This is a definition of counter storytelling, which is one of the major tenets of critical race theory. So without knowing, Whoever wrote it actually used a tenet of CRT to explain why they don't want CRT. A brief history, D49 failed to be in compliance with the Department of Justice agreement dated 
25 January 2010 for racial discrimination. They again violated that in 2019 and have to work on that resolution. In the last portion of this resolution, it lists the school shall not engage in racial bias or stereotyping. Yet some of our school districts still restrict do-rags or hair wraps, which is a form of racial bias or stereotyping limiting culturally acceptable hair accessories. Court cases have proved that. The last bullet in the resolution mentions accusatory characterization of individuals as oppressor and oppressed according to their race. If we teach history, we must be factual and a white male, as a white male, our ancestors did oppress African-American slaves, Native Americans. We need to be better. Most important thing is today. Hold it right there. So <laughs> did you hear what the man just said? White Americans did enslave and oppress blacks. We need to be better. This man somehow has missed 150 years. We need to be better. We ended it. No one is enslaving anybody. We need to be better. But here's the thing with these people, liberals who are obsessed with this stuff, obsessed with racism. These people are obsessed Mr. year. Obsessed with it. They cannot let it go. They, they seemingly believe that this is really 1890 or 1913, or 1955, or 1967. They just can't let it go. They, they, because America wants oppressed people, because America wants enslaved, that's true, but we don't anymore. We've had black president, we've had black secretaries of state. I've got a friend, a, a very dear friend of mine, she may be watching right now, uh, and we have a mutual friend, so there's a triangle of friends, actually a, a couple, who is friends with my friend, and this couple is a liberal blacks, and they're angry with her because she's friends with me because they saw my speech, like everybody in Colorado Springs did, it seems, and she brought it, they were together in the same place at the same time, I don't know, they're having lunch or whatever, and he goes off on this rant, well, you know, he, meaning me, he just doesn't know what I went through, to which I reply, of course I don't know what you went through. How could I? But this isn't 1972 anymore. What you went through, the oppression you suffered, how is that relevant to the United States in 2021? Yes, it was awful. Nobody, listen, I'm the last person to say that slavery wasn't awful. It was. I'm not ever going to claim that blacks were not mistreated in this country and were mistreated up until fairly recent times, certainly in my parents' lifetime. But this isn't then, this is now. And I don't know anyone, and I had a meeting at a, at a friend's house Sunday night, about 20 of us gathered there, gathered there, blacks from Colorado Springs, we're, we're working on some school board stuff. I don't know any of them, any of them. And we all travel, we're all working professionals. I don't know anyone that's walked into a restaurant, been denied service. We don't serve your kind, your boy. I don't know any of them that have been called boy, that have been called that have been told, you know, get out of this store, that have, that have been kicked off of buses. None of that stuff is happening anymore. Thank God. It did happen. And we're foolish if we don't believe that it did. It did. And this whole idea of conflagrating critical race theory with teaching history, 
is nothing but rubbish. This is what you need to know. Because a lot of people, this is what they're doing. They're saying, you just don't want history taught. No, that's not what CRT is. We should teach history. I'm the last person to say that we should not teach history. We should teach history and we should teach all of it, including American history. And American history has got the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got some ugly history and we need to teach it and children need to know. But that is not the same thing as teaching critical race theory. First of all, history are matters of fact, not theory. It's called critical race theory, not critical race facts, for a reason. When you teach history, you're teaching facts. And I want facts taught in our schools, absolutely. In fact, we had a, a blow up at, at one, of, one of our district schools over a teacher who doing a, doing a history module brought in several flags of conflicts around the world. And one of the flags that he or she brought in, I can't remember, I think it was a he, brought into the class, the Confederate flag. And parents lost their minds. And a vote was put up, we gotta ban that flag, we gotta make sure it's never seen in one of our District 20 classrooms again, and all this stuff. And I stood up as a black parent and said, I don't want that flag banned. First of all, I didn't raise children to be so emotionally weak that they can't stand the sight of a flag. Over the sight of a flag, they get triggered and go running out of the building crying because they've been offended or they've been hurt. I didn't raise children like that. But in the second place, I want my children to see that flag. I want my children to be taught about the atrocities that were perpetrated on the ground beneath the states over which that flag once flew. I want that taught. I don't want to rinse down history. I don't want to water down history. I want it all taught. But the whole idea that teaching history and teaching critical race theory is the same thing is absolutely false. It is a lie. And it's the lie they're trying to sell right now. And you shouldn't fall for it. Roll the film. Sucker. In the Colorado Department, uh, Colorado Board listed out critical race and they explicit, explicitly said, do not have boards restricted. Here's your talking points. They send it to every one of you because you're a member. Follow the talking points and they're telling you not to do anything on limiting critical race until the state realizes it. You're already on restrictions for racial. Time's up. Good speech. Good speech, pink shirt guy. Good speech. Tell me one thing that man said. <laughs> so that was me and that was guy. So now we're going to go back to me. So you take the most flack when you're over the target, right? So I took a lot of flack, still taking it in some circles, don't really care. But when people start lying about you, just, just I've got people just manufacturing things, just making it up out of thin air and then putting it on the Internet. And of course, then once it's on the Internet, it's true. Everything on the Internet is true. Everybody knows that. So one of these guys, I don't know this man. I have never met him. I've never seen him. To the best of my knowledge, I, I suppose it's possible, but uh, he's from Arkansas and he goes by the name of Kwame Abdul Bay. Apollo Creed in between rounds. Let's go ahead with image. Uh, I think we're up to image number two, but you know better than I at this point because I've lost my, my place. Kwame Abdul Bay. Here we go. 
So Kwame Abdul Bay saw my video and posted this to the internet. I'm going to deconstruct this. This is this is how sick. This is the society we live in. Derek Wilburn is the. I'm going to give you true false ratings on all of these things. Derek Wilburn of the Rocky Mountain Black Conservatives. True. Absolutely true. For those of you who do not know, I run a 501c3 called the Rocky Mountain Black Conservatives. You can visit it anytime, blackandconservative.com. I founded this group in my backyard, literally grassroots. On my grassroots in 2010, we got our 501c3 certification in 2012. Derek Orban is founder of the Rocky Mountain Black Conservatives and affiliated with a group of Coloradans who were present at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. False. I'm not affiliated with any such group of Coloradans. I don't even know anybody who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. At least I don't know that I know them. It's possible that I do know some people there. I know a lot of people, but I don't know of anyone that was in the Capitol on January 6th, let alone a group that I'm affiliated with. I'm not affiliated with any group other than my own. And even if this were true, even if I was affiliated with a group of Coloradans that were present at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, what has that got to do with the price of tea in China? I gave a speech opposing the presentation, the introduction of critical race theory into the school district. I said, I'm not oppressed. And you, you heard the speech. What does me knowing people in Washington, D.C. on January 6th have to do with anything? How do you even connect those dots? But that's how these people roll. This is a publicity stunt that he is doing by traveling around to multiple school districts where he does not even have children enrolled to make these insincere speeches. False. Absolutely false. How would he even know this? This is a publicity stunt that he's doing by traveling around to multiple school districts. False. I have made one speech opposing race theory before a school board in my life, and you just saw it. That's the only one. That's the only time I have ever done it anywhere, period. All these meetings are now live streamed. All these meetings are now available on school board websites and on YouTube and on Rumble and all over the internet. You can't find another one. If I'd done it, it'd be there. So I'm traveling around making these speeches. Wrong. Where and, and to make these insincere speeches. What's that mean? How, did I sound insincere to you? Why why would I make an insincere speech? If I didn't care, if this was if I'm legitimately insincere, why would I even waste my time? Like I have nothing else to do. Here we go though. He is a wealthy college professor that lives in a city where the black population is a single di digit percentage. First, he's a wealthy college professor. I am not wealthy. I'm not a college professor. I'm neither one of those things. That's just made up BS, straight BS. I'm not a college professor. I've never been a college professor. I once was a faculty adjunct I, I taught a couple classes in the University of Phoenix, University of Phoenix, San Jose campus, and they had satellite campuses in San Mateo and in San Francisco where I lived. And I taught uh, a couple of night classes uh, in the University of Phoenix, San Jose system in 1998. 
The last time I was on the opposite side of the podium in a classroom was teaching a single class at the San Mateo Satellite Facility, which is a little hotel in San Mateo, in 1999. Somehow that makes me a college professor and wealthy. I could produce tax returns to, to refute that in a heartbeat. I am a lot of things, but wealthy is not one of them. He's a wealthy college professor that lives in a city where the black population is single digit is a single digit percentage. That's true. I already told you, Colorado Springs is about 6.5. So, as he says, he does not have to experience the structural violence that this country offers all of its lesser privileged citizens, particularly those who look black. Now, let's take, take this apart. First of all, so he says, I don't have to experience the violence that this country offers all. And he puts the word all in capital letters of its lesser privileged citizens, particularly those who look black. Well, that's me. Again, that's me. So he's saying it, it affects all black people in the country. All, capital A-L-L, -L, all black people in the country. That would include me. And I just got finished saying, no, it doesn't. And I've got dozens and dozens of black friends, and I don't know any of them who are victims of structural violence, who are getting pulled out of their cars and beat down and, and hung from trees. I don't know anybody that that happens to. But here's the other thing. He contradicts his own logic and doesn't even realize it. So what Kwame Abdul Bey, whose real name is probably Joe Smith, he was probably born, you know, Al Smith or something like that, but he now goes by Kwame Abdul Bey, whatever, it's the United States, you can do that. What he says here, so he does. He lives in a, in a city with a single digit single digit percentage of black people. So, as he says, he does not have to experience the structural violence that this that this country offers black people. Think about this. So, these people are claiming that structural violence against blacks by whites is rampant. If I live in a city with a very small, with a, with a relatively smaller percentage of blacks than the national average, then in this city, there should be more structural violence against blacks, not less, right? If the, if the violence is white on black, and this city has a much more disproportionate white to black population, then there should be more blacks getting beaten down and shot and hung and dragged across parking lots by our faces and it, it should be worse places like Colorado Springs places like Boise places where there are fewer where blacks are a smaller part of the population but it isn't that way at all the structural violence against blacks that you see on the news and on the internet happening all, all the time is in places where there are more blacks not less places like Chicago Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, St. Louis, places where the percentage of the black population is higher is where you see more structural violence against blacks, not the other way around. And why is that? Because the structural violence against blacks is carried out by blacks far more than by whites. So by living in a predominantly white community like I do, I'm safer. Not in more peril, not in more danger. This fool has it exactly backwards and he doesn't even know it. Him being a college professor, again, 
lie, just a manufactured lie. I am not, and I have never been a college professor. Him being a college professor tells me that he should know that CRT is not a course that has ever been offered in any K-12 school in the world. How does this man know that? In order to know that CRT has never been offered in any K-12 school anywhere in the world, he would have to have perfect knowledge, not only of what has been taught, but of what has not been taught, not only in his community, not only in his state, not only in the United States of America, but in every school district on the planet. That is a breadth of knowledge that I wish I had. I wish I knew. I wish I knew what has never been taught in any school anywhere on planet Earth. It's a upper and upper Joe Smith. When, you, when A precedes a word that begins with a vowel, you put an N after it and make it an. It is an upper level undergraduate and graduate level course. True. It is a college course. Now it's creeping its way into K-12 and anybody that thinks it's not is, is got their head in the sand. But it is a college course and that's where it should be. It should be taught at the collegiate level because at the collegiate level you can choose whether to take it or not. So if you're in college, if you're in grad school, and you go down a list of classes that I'm going to take this semester, and you choose to check that box, and you choose to pay to take that course, and you want to study this, fine. Fine. That's why they're called electives. You can elect to take it or not. No fifth grader has a choice what his or her teacher is going to teach them doesn't work that way in K-12, and that's why it doesn't belong there. So liars like this, Joe Smith, a.k.a. Kwame Abdul Bay, have been shredding me up and down on the Internet with straight, matter-of-fact lies, just like this one, for weeks. And I'm not going to take much more of it. In fact, I'm not going to take any more of it. We'll talk about some of the things I'm going to do with Mr. Smith uh, in a future show. Okay, so I've killed an hour and it didn't even get to white privilege and systemic racism. So the Uncle Tom show on Daily, the conservative Daily, this Joe, this, this is a great channel. So become a member, sign up, come back often. I'm going to air Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. And Thursday, the day after tomorrow, I'm going to deconstruct white privilege and systemic racism. How do we as conservatives and me as a black conservative, how do I look at these things, explain these things, justify these things? What is the truth about white privilege, systemic racism? If you tune in on Thursday, you will find out. Creepy. <laughs> you just snapped my mental neck right there. Apollo Creed. Anything else you want to say, Derek? Get out of my face. Your mama's so fat when she sits around the house. She sits around the house is so fat
that she saw a school full of white kids going through the hood, and she yelled out, someone stop that giant Twinkie. That's how fat she is. <laughs> All right. Well, for everybody listening, uh, Derek, is there anything else you want to you wanna talk about before we, uh, before we let everybody go on, on this lovely evening? That's our wrap. We're already at a quarter past time, so it's getting late in the east. Uh, come on back on Thursday. We'll give you another dose. Tune into the Uncle Tom Talk show as often as you can. Tell your friends, tell your mama, and be right here. And we, uh, I'm going to put this up on the screen real quick. Text freedom to 89517. You will get text alerts now for Derek as well when he's going to be going live for Uncle Tom Talks. So, again, that's freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to Eight nine five one seven. God bless you all, and uh, we're gonna let it go with a little bit of funky music. If that's all right with you, Derek. Peace in the hood. Peace, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>